Good evening. Welcome. It's uh, good to see you all here. And uh, a warm welcome to you if you're joining us online. It's our Thanksgiving weekend. It's the last service of our Thanksgiving weekend. And as a, a child, one of the things that I was reminded to do in one of the choruses we learnt was to count your blessings. And do you know what? I'm not very good at that. Somehow life, all life's good things come to me without the thanks that they, that, that they, they should be given. Um, so as we start, let, let's pray by thanking God for the good things he gives us. So let's pray. Oh, Father God, we are glad that you give us so many good things. And as we come to you now, we, we want to thank you for the many things you give us. Father, we thank you that we're well fed. We thank you that we have people who care for us. We thank you that we live in comfortable homes, in a beautiful full part of your world. Our oh, Father, we thank you that we are able to admire the beauty of what you have made. Oh Lord, we, we thank you for the skills that people have in making things, but nothing compares with the beauty of a sunset or the glories of the greenery that we see around us. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our family. And most of all, we thank you that you're our God and that we can come to you. Oh, we ask that we'll have a sense of your presence as we worship you now. Amen. So, we're going to sing and encouraging ourselves to sing with hearts that are full, hearts that are full of praise to our great God. So, when the music starts, let's stand and sing.
Well, let's uh, hear God's word. We're in um, Psalm 145. That's on page 524 in the uh, Church Bibles. Um, It's entitled, A Song of Praise. And it says, Great is the Lord. So, Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name for ever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name for ever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall command your works to another, commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendour of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendour of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name for ever and ever. Amen. It's uh, very good to remember that. It's also great for us to remember that the God we come to is a God who doesn't change. So, if he loved us yesterday, he loves us today and will tomorrow. He's not a God who gets out of bed the wrong side. Or a God who doesn't feel up to it today. And that gives us great reason for rejoicing. And let's do that as we sing in our next song about how faithful God is. 
not one tiny bit of, of, of turning with him. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing. been singing, Lord, of how you don't change, how we can rely on you. And we thank you that you've promised that where two or three people are gathered in your name, that you're here in the middle of us. 
and we ask that you will give us a sense of your presence. We pray that there will be a sense of you guiding our prayers so that the words that I say echo the heart's cry of us all. Oh Lord, we, we need you and we are confident that you will provide all we need. Oh Lord, you know what each one of us has faced this past week. You know the things that we are ashamed of. And we come to you glad that you promise that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us. So, so we come to you asking for that forgiveness, asking for that restored relationship with you. Oh, Father, we want to know your smile. We want to have that sense of being close to you. Oh, Lord, some of the things that some of us are facing feel like very heavy burdens. There are sadnesses, illnesses, Problems with those that we love. Oh Lord, we thank you that you know about them and we thank you that we can bring these problems and cares to you. Oh, we ask that you will remind us of the glorious truth that you are the mighty God, that everything is in your hands and that while sorrow may last for a while, that the joy will come in the morning, that this earth is not the final destination, that we're journeying through to a place where we will be forever with you, where our hearts really will be filled with joy and gladness as we see clearly what you have done for us. Oh, we pray that you will help us to understand what your love for us is like. We pray that you will help us to grasp the, the, the depth of that love, the, the breadth, the length. The, oh Lord, our minds aren't big enough, our hearts aren't strong enough to, to get a full measure of the greatness of your love for us. But Lord, we pray for more. And we pray that you will grow our ability to know your love and to love you. And we ask, Lord, that our love for you will be shown in a heart which says that this is the day that our God has made and that we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we pray that every day will be a day that we live for you. Oh, we ask that you'll be with us on Monday morning and we pray that our, our thought for Monday morning will be how can I please my God? How can I get treasure which lasts forever? Oh Lord, you know that that's not our natural tendency and we pray that you will bless us and help us with that in our hearts. And we pray that you will have the, give us the joy of sharing the good news with, about you with other people so that people will come and find you and bring glory to you. Oh, we ask that what was done this morning will be used by you to gather people in. And what is planned for later this week 
in all the activities. Lord, we, we pray that you will speak to people. And whether they're young or old, you will bring them to come and know you. And here and now, Lord, we, we thank you that we look forward to the remarkable thing of hearing someone speak about the very words of Almighty God. We pray that you'll help us to treat it just like that, to hear what you are saying to us, so that we may know you more, so that we may love you more, and so we might follow you more closely and know the joy which comes from belonging to you. Amen. Well, before we sing, we have another reading. And this is in Psalm 119, which is on page 513 in the Church Bibles. I'm going to be starting to read at verse 65. So, Psalm 119 and verse 65. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies. But with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Well, the psalmist knew a bit of uh, how good God is. And we're going to sing again. And we're going to sing a hymn of praise to Jesus, our great Saviour.
Psalm 106 begins, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalm 107 begins, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalm 118 begins, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalm 136 begins, and you're catching the drift. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. All encourage thanksgiving to God. So that's good for a day like today, our our Thanksgiving Sunday. And all give the reason, did you notice, of the goodness of God as the reason for thanksgiving. So I thought this evening what we would do is really plunder the theme of the goodness of God. Think through the theme of the goodness of God and we're going to be sort of all over parts of the Bible. Our minds will have to do some work uh, this evening but I'm hoping that our hearts will be engaged. We've been praying that our hearts will be warmed to this theme of the goodness of God. Well, I've enjoyed uh, mulling over it um, over recent days and as I have done, I've tried to think of what are some of the main strands of teaching in the Bible. Some of you know the Bible quite well. Have a think, well, what might be the themes that come out in thinking of the goodness of God? Have a think about any verses, if you know many Bible verses that maybe point to or have a link with the goodness of God. Well, as I thought it through, there were five strands I wanted to pursue uh, this evening. So we're going to go through those, and this is the first, which is God's good character. God's good character. All four of the calls to thanksgiving in those Psalms Follow on, for he is good. For he is good. When I file in my computer these to my sermon notes, uh, the way I organise it, I have to pick a text, even if I'm on a general theme and I'm going different parts of the Bible, I have to sort of pick a text, if you like, to, to file it in my folders. And I picked the verse which was in the middle of that Psalm 119 section. It's verse 68 and it starts like this. You are good and do good. You are good and do good. God is good. And that goodness is not just derived or borrowed or taken from someone else. God is just good, if you like, in his essence, we sometimes call it. His character is thoroughly good. Nahum 1 verse 7 is a special verse to many. The Lord is good. A stronghold in the day of trouble, he knows those who take refuge in him. Well, what does that mean? What do we mean? What does it mean by being good, by the goodness of God? 
If you like, if goodness was a, a packet, what would be some of the ingredients that make it up on the side? What, what makes up the goodness of God? What are we talking about? Well, as I thought about it, there were sort of thought, four sort of clusters of thought, if you like. There's those that are to do with God being upright and morally pure and truthful. You know, the verse, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. There's a second cluster of thoughts, goodness being admirable, praiseworthy, attractive, just good and right. There's another cluster of thoughts which would be that God is gracious and merciful and loving. And there's another cluster of thoughts that God is generous and kind and benevolent. These are some of the things which are involved and coming to mind when the Bible says that God is good. There was an older writer who wrote on the attributes of God. His name was Charnock. And uh, he said this about the goodness of God. See if you can get your mind around this. Stephen Charnock. This is the true and genuine character of God. He is good. He is goodness. Good in himself. Good in his essence. Good in the highest degree. Possessing whatsoever is comely, excellent, desirable. The highest good because the first good. All the names of God are comprehended in this one of good. Let me see if he's trying to we're trying to um, get, get into the subject. We're trying to draw out of this what could sound quite simple this evening. Well, we talked about God is good, but we're trying to understand what it means. God is um, uniquely, supremely good. Jesus said, no one is good but God. What about this? When Moses was to have a glimpse of the glory of God. And he couldn't cope with much, so it's as if he was tucked away in a cave and uh, God's glory would, he would just get a passing glimpse almost of, of, of the, the after effects of God's glory. And a grand description of the character of God that we have in Exodus 34 it was conveyed to Moses. Uh, something that acts as a reference point to lots of other points in the Bible. A great declaration of the character of God. And the whole experience is summarised in this way. I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim my name. You know what happened to Moses after the whole experience? Chapter 34, verse 8, Exodus. Moses quickly bowed his head to the ground and worshipped. And I hope this evening is beginning to help us to do the same. To feel a sense of worship at God's good character. A second strand of thought. God's goodness is shown in his work. He is good, he does good. 
Uh, one of the ways in which we see that is and think of his goodness and experience his goodness is in his gifts. Oh, when someone gives, when they give with, with genuine care, we think of them as a, as a good person. You, 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 you think of some people, you, maybe in your family, you've got a, an auntie who's particularly good, or you've got a close family friend, or maybe somebody at the church you go to, they're good, they're kind, they give, they're a good person and, and they give. Well, on a Thanksgiving day, we think of, of God's gifts, his good gifts. Sadly, we, we take them for granted and a day like this helps us to stop and remember who they come from, the kindness that is behind them. And though this world is broken by sin, although so much is marred in this world, so much is hard in this world, even though we bring difficulties on ourselves by our way of life, yet we still, all of us, don't we, experience so much of the goodness of God and the gifts of God. Psalm 145 was read, verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. It carries on, The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living See. This morning, just going through some of the Psalms, Psalm 103 it was today, which is quite nice for a Thanksgiving day. Verse 5 was this, God satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. James says this, every good gift and every Perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Do you remember Jesus talking about his heavenly Father who delights to give good gifts to his children? And the greatest of these, we know, are spiritual gifts. They're in the Gospel, but there are physical gifts too. And Tony got us thinking about some of those at the start. I don't know what crossed your mind as you thought of some of the blessings that we might count. Was it family? Was it home? Was it food? Was it health to the extent you have it? This morning, I, I started to think about around the house. It's quite a helpful uh, way of doing this. In my prayer time, I, I just thought, well, what are, what, what are the good gifts that I'm thankful for? And I started to think around the dining room I was in, and it gave me a, a number of things that I wanted to thank God for. And then uh, my mind, I went into the kitchen and I went into the other rooms and pictured round in my mind, and just lots and lots of things, isn't there? As another psalm says, our cup runs over. Psalm 145 talks about the abundant goodness of God. So, 
We can count our blessings and name them one by one, or we can try to, and it draws on this aspect, this strand of God's good gifts. And we want to respond with thankfulness on a day like today, but hopefully on every day. The third strand I wanted to pursue takes us in a different direction. God's goodness doubted. Now it's true we often forget God's goodness. We don't count our blessings. It's not so much what I'm thinking of here. That may have a link. It's true that sometimes we get confused about God's goodness and character. We have too naive a view, if you like. We forget, as Paul teaches, that we need to behold both the goodness and severity of God, that we need to be aware of God's justice and holiness and righteousness, and that without that we end up with what has been called a Santa Claus theology, where we have a, a wrong view of God and that confuses us. But I'm not actually talking so much about that here. But something more fundamental, where God's goodness is, is doubted, his character, if you like, is slighted. And it's a more serious problem than we realise. When you question someone's character, all sorts of things go awry in a relationship. And when we question the character of God's goodness, things go awry in our relationship with him in a serious way. So this is a significant point for us to be thinking about. Can you think of any examples of God's goodness being um, doubted, slighted, with consequences? Go back to the Garden of Eden. God had been so good to Adam and Eve in the plenty that he had provided them And then Satan, through the serpent, got onto the scene, slighting God's character, depicting God as being mean, as God trying to deprive you, trying to hold you down. And doubting God's goodness led to choices and catastrophe. Doubting God's goodness. It's not fair, it's not pure, it's not generous, it's not kind. As, a, as another really helpful example of doubting God's goodness, and that's Psalm 73. He starts off this psalm with what he did believe and what he now again believes. Verse 1, truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But then in the psalm he shares his story of how he doubted God's goodness and fairness and the trouble that it caused him. 
And how he started to rebel in his heart against God until he came to his senses and saw it afresh and realised that God was good. Life does throw at us great difficulties and confusion and and sometimes maybe it feels like the sunshine of God's goodness is, is blocked by a great cloud. We don't fully understand. But God is working all things for good to those that love him. And we need to hold on to that. I remember uh, when a good friend, a good friend to many of us, uh, Phil Crowter, this would have been 15 or so years ago, he was the best man at my wedding, so we were close friends, and he uh, contracted cancer in his mid-40s, an illness which would take him. And at the time he was serving in the church at Cookfield, not far from here, as he was going through this period of great suffering, as they were as a church, And uh, they were also going through Psalm 119, I think in their midweeks. And they got to verse 61, verse 68. We've had it read. You are good and do good. And they found it very helpful to, to cling on to in all that they were going through in the distress, the bewilderment, the confusion, somebody so useful, somebody with family, yet somebody so unwell at that stage of life. And yet they could rest in this. You are good and do good. Do you need to cling on to this? Through your difficulties, which you don't understand, Don't, don't let the devil um, block out your sight of the goodness of God. That's, that's been his aim from the beginning, sinister in his tactics. If you allow your sense of the goodness of God to be warped and decreased and blurred, it will affect your relationship with God in so many ways. Don't go that route Cling on to God's goodness. Even through the storms and the darkness, hold on to what they held on to. You are good and do good. I quoted uh, that Baptist preacher Spurgeon a few times, even today already. But I came across this one which is along these lines. When others behave badly to us, it should only stir us up the more heartily to give thanks unto the Lord because he is good. And when we ourselves are conscious that we are far from being good, we should only the more reverently bless him that he is good. We must never tolerate an instant's unbelief as to the goodness of the Lord, Whatever else may be questioned, this is absolutely certain, that Jehovah is good. His dispensations may vary, but his nature is always the same. God's goodness, maintained really through difficulties, God's goodness doubted 
as I've called it there. And perhaps one of the things that will help us greatly to preserve a right view of God's goodness, even in the difficulties, is our next point, our fourth strand, which is God's good son. God's good son. God's wonderful character is so fully, wonderfully displayed in his son. The large window, if you like, the double glazed French window, which helps us to have a wonderful view of the excellence of the character of God. And which helps us to understand God's goodness so that we might be reassured against our doubts. Now, the rich young ruler, you may have heard of him in the Bible, he didn't have much of a spiritual IQ really, did he? But he was on to something when he called Jesus good teacher. That meant much more than we realise. You might talk about good teacher, and it meant something very different, something unique, something special in those days. Hence the conversation which resulted. The goodness of Jesus is often seen through his actions. I don't know which of his actions you feel most shows his goodness. We were thinking of some of them this morning, I think. Maybe you think of the goodness of Jesus through his feeding of the 5,000. Or maybe you think of him healing the, the poor blind man, Bartimaeus. Or maybe, and this might feature in my mind, you think of his kindness to the widow of Nain when her only son had passed away and the whole scene was just so sad and mournful and and Christ came in and through his power resurrected the lad and it was changed to the scene and you just, your heart warms to the goodness of Jesus through his miracles. Peter summarises the life of Jesus, Acts 10, 38. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. But surely his greatest goodness is in the salvation which he brings. In Titus, his coming is described in this way, but when the goodness and loving kindness of our Saviour appeared, his whole coming, his whole appearance, his work is just full of goodness. Jesus is goodness to the brim, if you like. And that goodness and, and grace of God That mercy and generosity is shown in what he does for his people. Think of the words. You know them, don't you? You know the I am's. Think of the words. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. There's no greater display of God's goodness that Jesus 
would come and for people like us he would lay down his life so that we might have forgiveness and everlasting life and restoration and be part of the family of God. He lay, he's good. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And, and Paul reassures the suffering Christians at Rome who were going through so many difficulties to keep this in mind, to, to, re, to remember in their difficulties the goodness of God, when he says, He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how much more will he not freely give us all things? Well, contemplating the goodness of God through his son Jesus has often been a, a moving experience made me think of this line from an older hymn. Your mercy is more than a match for my heart, which wonders to feel its own hardness depart. Dissolved by your goodness, I fall to the ground and weep to the praise of the mercy I found. Well, it might have been enough to finish there. God's good son, encouraging a spirit of worship. But there was one more strand I wanted to to finish on, to, to sort of flesh out the theme more fully, which is this. God's goodness copied. God's goodness copied. God's goodness is to result in thanksgiving, but it's also to result in what we, can't, what we might call thanks living. If we know, if you know that God is good and you've experienced it, then that goodness should flow through you to others. Uh, John realised this in his little letter, 3 John verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate evil but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. So those four clusters of thoughts about God's goodness, as we looked at them, should be reflected in those who love him, those who trust him, those who he's shown mercy to. And so they want to be upright and moral and truthful, and they want to be living lives that are admirable and attractive and praiseworthy. And they too want to copy that sense of mercy and, and graciousness and love. And they too want to be people of generosity and kindness and benevolence. Because they love a good God, they want to be good themselves. Men, many of you will soon be reminded of the teaching of Titus. Feel free to book up if you haven't done about 10 days' time. Titus for men. And I suspect it will probably strike this note at one point. God's goodness breaking in in Titus and what does it result in? God's people being zealous for good works. Being ready for every good work, being careful to devote themselves to good works.
what we have known, absorbed, loved ourselves, we want to flow through us. Sadly, it doesn't always happen, does it? But it's the obvious thing that should happen and it's something we should seek and pray for. Does thinking of God's goodness this evening motivate you to copy that goodness in your own life and relationships? Should do, shouldn't it? So our our little tour this evening of the, the goodness of God leading to worship. Moses bowed down leading to a desire to be like God, be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect, and leading to thanksgiving as we contemplate his character. We started with these verses and we'll end with them. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. The goodness of God. Amen. Well, we're going to sing a closing hymn. It's just a two-verse one. We haven't had it for a good while and then Mark picked it last week at the close of his introduction to the Friendship series. That's probably why it stayed in my mind but it is evidently very suitable, isn't it, for us to finish on this evening. How good is the God we adore. Let's sing this song through. Phrases as God is good can roll off our tongues very easily, through our minds very quickly. But we thank you that we have had opportunity to slow down in your word this evening, to contemplate what that contains, to be stirred to worship and adoration at who you are. We pray it will lead to thanksgiving and to trust and to a desire to be like you in our lives. And so we pray that your goodness may be lifted up and glorified in our hearts and lives as a result of this evening, praying through Jesus Christ. Amen.